Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Guys, listen to this. Do you know anything about dual sidewall design? Whisper grooves, earth diggers, or three-peak mountain certification? The Discover Rugged Trek Tire from Cooper has all of that and more. The unique dual sidewall design looks great and gives drivers the options for wear. Whisper Groove technology blocks air from whistling through the tire, keeping that road noise where it belongs, outside. And if you find yourself out mudding with your friends, the earth diggers are large scoops and blocks on the side of the tire that act like cogs in a gear to help you dig in the loose dirt, sand, and mud, giving you traction on the trail. All of this has earned the Rugged Trek a three-peak certification, confidence that it has the goods to back up the looks. All Cooper tires are backed by a limited warranty, a 45-day test drive warranty, and select products are backed by Treadwear Mileage Warranty, helping to give you confidence on the road. For complete product and warranty details, please visit www.coopertires.com or www.coopertires.ca. And remember, go with the Coopers. Folks, hello. Welcome back to another edition of the Crash Course Podcast. My name is DJ Pihowski. I'm joined with my, uh, my associate, Chris Solomon. Solly, many people know him as. How Thank, are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Anytime. We're going to talk about uh, one of your favorites today, I believe. Uh, just outside Chicago. Shout out to uh, my upbringing. Uh, in Lake Bluff, Illinois, it's Shore Acres Golf Club. Very private. Very. <laughs> you should go there. <laughs> That's private. It's all in the police report. Um no, we're going to talk about Shore Acres today. Excited to do so. You and I had a chance to play there. That's probably been like three years ago now. Fall of 2017. It was, uh, I still, the second I think about Shore Acres, I think about your uh, legendary quote. I believe we, uh, <laughs> around the 16th hole of that day, we cracked a beer and uh, you proposed a cheers to me. And you said, this is like, so I had just quit my job, moved back to the States, started doing the laying up full time. You had just quit your job at the tour. We were the only two that were like basically full time with no laying up. We were on our first like actual trip, thanks to BMW, and trying to figure out what the, how the hell we we're gonna make this a business. And we're playing golf on like a Thursday morning uh, and having just an awesome time. And you cheers me and you go, "Hey, I don't know how long this is gonna last, but <laughs> cheers." Yeah, I still feel that way every day when <laughs> every I wake day. up. Yeah. Uh, no, excited to excited to talk about it. That was one of my favorite days of the last uh, the last few years here, and. Let's uh, let's start with the basics, should we? Where where is it? Lake Bluff. We mentioned it's just north. Uh, it does sit on the on the lake, but none of the holes are on the lake. I'm sure we'll get into that. Uh, what is the history of this golf course? You want to talk us through that a little bit? It is a Seth Rayner golf course opened in 1921. Uh, Tom Doak performed what what I assume is a brilliant restoration in 1993 because I didn't see it before that. <laughs> <laughs> and what we played that day, and the reason why I especially wanted to do this golf course is I feel like this is the one that really triggered things for me. And this was before I knew uh, who Seth Rayner was, I believe. I don't think I knew who he was in the fall of 2017, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't really, 
I think I understood what template holes were. I didn't really understand why they're important, maybe overrated, which we'll talk about some, but I, I just, I didn't know any of this stuff. It wasn't like I was preconditioned to love this golf course. It, I wasn't like woke golf had told me anything yet or had told me like, Hey, this is what it's all about. I just showed up at that place. I played well, which helped, but I walked off that being like, Oh my God, that was it. Like whatever I've been looking for, like that was it. And I couldn't describe it walking off the course. I couldn't sit here and tell you what I loved about it until it took, it took me more, a few more years of seeing things like that to understand what I valued in a golf course. And Shore Acres has all of that. So I think we shout him out a lot on this podcast, but considering, you know, I think this is among his favorite golf courses. It's right in his hometown. Uh, Andy Johnson wrote an excellent piece that describes exactly what you're talking about. Um, if you just Google the fried egg and Shore Acres, uh, I'm sure it'll, it'll be the first thing that comes up. But he talks about that same exact thing. His grandpa was a member there. So he'd, he'd get to play there once or twice every year, and it was the same thing. Even as a, a kid, you're running around there like, God, why do I love this place? I cannot I cannot put my finger on why I absolutely love this. And one of the things Andy points out in his piece is that uh, you know, the quote-unquote criticism that Shore Acres gets is people say, well, you had all this land, all this like lakefront property, and you didn't use any of it. And Andy kind of you know, pretty – bluntly explains in there like well he knew that the the best holes were internal on the golf course and so i think everything except five of the holes run uh interact with a, a massive ravine that's totally un uh unlike a lot of what you see in you know the the northern suburbs of chicago it's it's typically very flat and so he had this very dramatic ravine that that interacts with i think like 13 of the golf holes like i said and so the result is every hole has a unique challenge. He uses it constantly in different ways. And the, the holes that don't have, uh, you know, this ravine kind of, he, that's where he puts his, his wildest green. So a, a lot of that's lifted from Andy. I think he does, he does a great job of explaining it. Um, but I'm with you. And I think that's a really important thing to point out is that <laughs> I know we talk, you know, kind of width and angles and, and template holes and all that kind of stuff. It's still a very relatively new, uh, part of our, our golfing lives. So I I'm totally with you. I felt the same exact way in 2017. I didn't know any of that stuff. And same thing walked off like, Holy shit. Why was that so cool? What, what, what's this weird feeling I'm feeling right now? And I think in looking back at pictures as we were, I was preparing for this and thinking back to that day, I, I think I've, I even learned something in the last like 12 hours as to what I really value and think. And it took a picture I saw of the 11th green, which we'll get to as a par three that is 130 yards, goes straight down the hill. It's like the picturesque hole of Shore Acres. And one of the pictures I saw was a pin all the way on the left. And I was just like, whoa, that <laughs> I immediately look at that. I'm like, whoa, this hole's hard yeah. because whole courses with big ass greens, interesting contours. One, they provide so much variability for members. So if it's going to be a course you're going to play a lot, it gives you a different hole almost every time you play it. And it's so much, it all, it turns a 130 yard hole with no water, uh, no hero carry. I mean, you got to carry a bunker and a ravine, but there's nothing like crazy about it. It's not the Island green 17th, but it turns this little par three into a risk reward hole, like a true risk yeah. reward hole. If you have a short par three, it's easy to a, hit it to 30 feet with a small green, it's not a risk reward hole. It is like, Hey, hit this tiny ass green, man, like tough wedge shot we're, that's what we're testing here. But a big-ass green, you can take on as much as you want. You can hit it right in the middle of the green. It couldn't be an easier shot. 
and you'll have a 35 footer probably with a lot of break to it. But at some point you have to get this ball close to the hole. If you want to take on that pin, you risk pulling it into that left bunker. You're dead. Like you're totally dead, but that's your only chance at a birdie. And like that, imagine that exercise for like 18 holes. And that's what Shore Acres is. These greens are massive, but the tiers in them, I'm not going to call them subtle. Like there's a lot, a lot of slope to it. But I, I was realizing too, in when you when I say like two tiered green, like what do you think of? I mean one high, one end high, and one end low. Like right? I'm realizing so many of the golf courses I've played in my life are like modernly created tiered green, which has a very clear slope in it. And right. It's like here the is top's tier one, flat, the bottom's flat. Here is tier yeah. two, right? And it's just like that. And we've all had that putt in our lives that goes straight up a tier in a green. But massive greens that have these little subtle tiers to them is so much more interesting. And and we can talk about some of the, the templates that come with that. Um, but anyways, I, so we played like a shotgun that day, but we started on the second hole. And the first that uh, the that's our first hole we played, which is like a 360 par four that dog legs to the left around this ravine, uh, but has this creek that wraps, you know, frames the left side of the hole, but wraps around uh, the, the left side of the green as well. And the pin was in the back. And we, I saw right away how much the ball was rolling out there. And the pin, massive green, easy little wedge shot, pin all the way in the back. And I was terrified. <laughs> There's no hazards in my way, like nothing. And it was a, that feeling was just like, whoa, this is different. Like this is a weird, a different way of challenging. Like I could, I have a 90 yard shot or something like that. And I'm terrified to hit it without any hazards really actually being in my way. And I was I'd never really felt that before, yeah. I don't think. I, I think I, I remember especially from those first few holes, two and three and four, especially. Um, any good like really good player who's listening to this is gonna be just throwing their phone out the window as I say this. But as a whatever, twenty nine year old man, I think that was kind of the first time I realized like, whoa, you gotta be below the hole here, man. Because <laughs> like, I went long on like three of the first four greens or something, and I was just like, dude, I am completely boned like i'm making triple there's yeah. there's no chance uh and so I, I was gonna pause it to you is that the is that the most uh icarito proof golf course that, that there possibly is <laughs> well so i grew I, I lived in chicago for six years played a lot a lot a lot of public golf in that time period uh i never played anything close to the turf conditions that are at shore acres and maybe we caught it the right month september dried out caught it in the right year but i've never seen a like it's inland. I mean, it's, it's against like Michigan, but it's not a sand based soil. Mm-hmm. I've never played a course that plays that firm without being like a true sand based soil. And that was an activating feeling. But I just remember being like, Oh my, I've played so much sopping wet golf in this city yeah. <laughs> for six years of my yeah, life. Definitely. I didn't even know this place was here when I lived there. And I mean, I, not that I would have had access to it. <laughs> and that's, you know, well, let's, let's talk about that up front here. Uh, yeah. So it's deeply, exceedingly private. Yes. Um, so, Listen, we, we said this on the LACC podcast. We said this on other podcasts. If you don't want to hear us talk about a private golf course... Don't click on this episode. Don't click on this one. <laughs> you don't have to listen to that. That's it's totally fine. Uh, the point of this is to hopefully talk about what makes this golf course unique, what we can apply to other golf courses, and maybe give you some nostalgia if you've been lucky enough to go sure. play there. Or give you an idea of what it would be like to play there. Yeah. So, like, I've never played LACC, but I can't wait to listen to your guys' episode on that. I well, want to hear about it. So. Um, well, let's uh, let's get into templates. You you said the the magic uh, the wokester term template holes um, for people who don't know what that means. What what does that mean? So template holes, um, 
a lot of these things make a lot more sense in my head than I, 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 I'm like a student in this class still. Like I can take it in and understand it, but I can't teach the class. Texting in the back. Why don't you must know? No, no, I, I I don't, you know, like they say, when you want to take, getting ready to take a test, you need to know it well enough to be able to teach it. I'm not quite there, but basically Seth Rayner, who was an understudy of CB McDonald, um, who is considered the grandfather of uh, golf in America. They were famous for making what they called template holes, which is copying some of the best golf holes in the UK and Ireland and bringing them to like assimilating them into golf courses, right? And identifying, using the same, yeah, identifying the principles that made them great, yes, and, and using those to to replicate on on pretty much any piece of right. Ground. So you can do it on different landscapes, and you know. Having seen, I've not played that many Rainers to be honest, but it is cool to see the different iterations of the Redan, of the uh, the Beerits, and some of the lesser known templates, which I I can't even explain that well. But uh, like the tenth hole is the a template of the road hole, which honestly, if I had just played ten, I wouldn't be like, oh, this reminds me of seventeen at because <laughs> right. like you don't hit over a railway shed. There's not a road that actually runs along uh, the back part of the green, but the idea is on the tee shot. All right, it's really hard for a right-hander because the further right you go when you're a righty, the ball is less likely to carry. Well, the carry on the tee shot is longer down the right side. It's more dangerous down the right side. Just like at St. Andrews, you can hit a tee shot into the jigger end if you push it too far right. And if you go too far left, the fairway is going to run out. So you got to have a shot shape that kind of uh, you know favors that part of the fairway. You're likely to have a better angle at the green from the right side coming in. And there's a pot size road hole size bunker uh, that sits to the left of the green. And, you know, there's reverse road holes. You can go either way. But basically, if you think about it, think it all the way through and look at an aerial, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of the same shape as the road hole. Um, and we were lucky enough on that day to have the pin right behind the road hole bunker. Mm-hmm. Did I feel scummy having like a wedge in and realizing <laughs> that so much of like the Rainer design in these courses is kind of made a bit obsolete by modern technology? Yeah, I felt a little bit of that. But kind of uh that kind of experiment like experience and seeing it you know having played the road hole and then going and seeing that version of it and uh, and thinking about it now i'm like wow that's really cool and i hadn't thought of all of that when i see the t-shot i'm like oh look okay it looks like i got to fade one in there but when you really think about all the things you got to do in that hole it's it activates something within you it so. does and <laughs> almost to the point where it can and i'm going to whip all this back around but almost to the point where you can completely screw yourself up by thinking about it so much. Yes. Where if you don't know any of that stuff, it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know. You just hit the fairway and then hit the green. Yeah. And whereas now, and it's really fun, and I I really prefer it to be like this, but now I'm staying on the tee. I'm like, okay, road hole, which means I got to hug that left side. Okay, so this pin's over here, so I really got to do this, I, and then I just top the ball like <laughs> 40 yards or something. So uh, that always makes me kind of laugh whenever I have that self-realization. But some other examples that we'll, we'll mention in – you know, definitely in regards to short acres is the Redan, the short, the Beeritz, the Great Hazard, uh, Alps, Punch Bowl. What, what else am I forgetting? Um, there's the Levin, Levin, the Levin, Le- Levin. I just know I sure. spelled that way. I couldn't explain that one really to you. I, I think I've read it like eight different times and still can't really yeah, explain I, it to you. Um, the, so one thing I heard, sorry, real quick for, for any like jam band fans out there, one thing that this really like crystallized something for me. Somebody was talking about um, like the way that all these jam bands have just a million live shows posted. And so anybody who doesn't like these bands would be like, why the fuck would you spend <laughs> so much time listening to like 
I don't care what like May 1977 <laughs> sounds versus like June of 1980. And anybody who's really into the band is like, no, you're not noticing you the it. differences. Like the way they play Althea in 97 or in 77 is so different than 80 because of this, 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 and this. And that's like makes total sense with golf holes. That's Whereas great. People like music fans would look at it and be like, dude, they're all, it's 18 holes. Like, what, how yeah. is it so different? What are you talking about? It's like, no, this, this ridge right here, the, you know, the breakdown solo that he does, that's everything. It changes the, look at what he's trying to say with that. It changes everything. And I want to be clear that, and I think I said this up front, but like, I didn't, none of this was going on in my mind while we were playing this. Totally. Day. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, no, I, I don't even think I played another Rainer. To this point, I think this was my first one. I'm pretty sure. So I wasn't Maybe. like, can't wait to get to the Beeritz and compare it to all the other Beeritzes. Uh, I just remember getting to that hole and being like, what is this? Well, and it did, it crystallized a lot of probably like what you had like, t- like nebulously heard about, you know, yes. like you heard those words floating around, but you'd never actually like seen them in person. And once you see them in person, it just, it, that's why it's so hard to explain it. I think it yes, is, it really takes like standing there and being like, oh my God. Okay. Now I see that's how the ball is going to react over here. I see why this pin is so important. I see why all these different things, why it has to be fast. I see. Like, Which, okay, if we can talk about the Beerits for a little bit. If, we, if we're if we in the nest, the Beerits at, at Shoreacres is the only good one I've, I think I've ever played. Which is what, like 13 or if, something? No, it's five, five, uh, six, I think. Is six it? is the Beerits, yeah. Oh, I might have my nines. Um, for, for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it is so big. And maybe it's maybe I think this way because it's the only one I think I've ever successfully like our host that day was like, hey, hit hit the front of the green, watch it go through the swale and it'll come on. the. We had a back pin for it and I hit the front of the green with like a five iron and it went in the dip. He's like, don't worry, it'll peer back up and it comes back up the other side. And I was like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> the rest of them, I think it's just it's super hard to get it to play that way. It just I don't know if over time courses are be able to be less firm or I just I like the one at Camargo doesn't even you don't even want to play a run-up shot to that one uh I I, I think I some of the beards as I've played on like Rainer template courses like Black Creek that one is really good I thought that um, was super fun that yeah. but the 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 actual Rainers I've played I haven't seen like a really good Beerits other than Shore Acres. I was thinking not four, to say they don't 14 exist. 14 is the Redan. That's why I yeah. had that one marked. Which but they're right next to each other, which is really cool. That Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I think a lot of uh, – I, I always am cautious to wade into these waters because I'm kind of – I could be totally wrong. But I feel like the – I forget what club we hit on the on five um, or six. I, I think it's six. I but think it was five iron for me if I remember I was going right. to say I, I feel like the whole point of the – the beer it stuff is like you should be hitting like a three wood, right? It's yeah, you should be trying to. It, it needs to really be something that you need to you need to get running rather than something that you just hit high and soft and well, stops that's, on the back shelf. That's, like, that's the not point. really the point. Today's day and age, like so many the beer it's is like I wouldn't the shot that you're supposed to hit, quote unquote, like the fun shot. I wouldn't want to hit. Like I could fly yeah. an iron to the back right, of that exactly. green and hold it. Yeah. But like the, they're like, no, you're supposed to play. And I think way. that's if, if which I, is weird. If I remember right from playing that day, I I think I did try to try to do that. Like, and I probably hit a horrible shot. But I think it was the same kind of thing. Where it's like, you know, you probably hit your irons a little further, but we hit them roughly close to kind of the same. And yeah, I probably could have hit a four iron, but I was like, no, oh, I think I'm going to try to just like rope hook a hybrid or something and get it running on the ground. And it is kind of fun. Like I, I think we we just taped a Whistling Straits episode, and one of the things we said in there is like it's weird when these big resort courses like it takes a couple times to unlock them and to to figure out the ways to play them because you're probably only going to play them a few times in your life. 
Shore Acres is a members golf course that you're probably playing, you know, a lot of members are playing every week. Right. And so I think in that regard, that's what makes the templates even more fun is you have so many different ways to play them that, you know, when it's random Saturday in August, it's like, okay, well today I'm going to try and do this. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, yeah, I think that's what, that, that's They're why not it, meant to be played one time. Y- exactly. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. What is it about squared off greens that is so appealing? Because I can't <laughs> describe it, but I, I, you can see a picture of the greens at Shrakers and be like, oh my God, take me there right now. I think it's got to be just, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have the same stirring in my, in my loins, but I think it's got to be the, it's just unique, right? Like it's, I think anytime you see anything that's different. I, think I just, get like an actual urge to hit irons into those greens. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It just looks crispy, I guess. Yeah, know? I don't know. Eh, I, I really don't know. It almost like it's unsettling to me. It almost feels like there's way less green or something. Like, I, I feel like I'm going to hit a worse shot when I'm going into one of the like mega squared off greens, hmm. um, which is cool too. Like, that's yeah. that's cool, just like visual trickery. But, um, but again, like I, like I said, we Shore Acres is not great because it has a bunch of great template holes is how I would describe yeah, it. I totally. think it's the holes that stick out to me the most are not even necessarily the templates. I Wh- mean, that, which ones are they? Well, the stretch from, I remember the stretch from, I think I want to say 10 through 15 or 16. Um, so 10 has, is the road hole we described. And then 11 has this ravine, like you got to cover. I think 11 might be the one that sticks to me. Yeah. That hole was so awesome. That hole was wild. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's this fairway that is perched on top of, this ravine, like this ridge. So it's all, it's not like an island fairway. It's huge. Um, but basically anything, it, it, it's like a cliff to the right. Basically yeah. it falls off into somewhere you don't want to be. I think you'd find your ball down there, but like you just don't want to go down. And you're there. hitting, you're hitting straight up a hill too. Yes. You know, so it's, it feels like almost a blind shot. It's not totally blind. You, you can, really you can see the way the trees are framed that like, okay, obviously there's, there's land up there, but, yeah. uh, it feels which it's just always unsettling when you're hitting straight uphill to yes. something that's kind of blind, especially if you play a cut because you're like, God, how far can I, <laughs> how far can I cut this? This is going to just fall off the earth, which is why I hit it a mile left into the other fairway. But but and then you carry the ravine with your set with your approach shots, a shorter par uh, par four, and you get to twelve. Like we talked about that short par three, that's just this perfect little circular green with bunker like kind of slope, almost like a turtle back green, uh, sloping heavily from back to front. Um, devilish little wedge that you got to play into that hole. Uh, and then you go to 13, which is another iron short par four, but it is a, you don't see anything in the fairway. And it, uh, to be honest, at this point of, of my golf life, I was probably like, this is dumb. Like I can't, I, I don't know where to hit this. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it, there is a case to be like, when you play a course for the first time, the blind shots aren't not, not that they're not fun. It's just kind of like, dude, I need to see this once. Like if I went back to that hole and played it now, I'd be like, okay, now I kind of remember where I should hit this and what the fairway does. It is so hard to get really comfortable. Even if somebody is standing there saying, hey, hit this club this distance on this line, it's hard to know how to do that you know, without having done it before. Yeah. Um, that shot, and then the, the, like another little wedge carrying another ravine, uh, the ravine again yet into that green, and then 14 is the Redan that comes next, and then 15 is this wild-ass par 5, where if you want to kind of take more club, you have to hit it further right, or you can play shorter with like an iron or a three wood down the left. It's par five that's got just littered with bunkers that separate the landing area for a layup shot, or you could go for the green. Like there's just a million different true options on how to play that hole, and it's not just you know par fives like today where you pound driver as far as you can and hit an iron into. It's like, no, 
You got to be decisive on a line and and with the club to figure out how you want to actually play this hole. So that's just like an activating stretch of not once in that stretch do you just grab driver and pound it. Yeah. Like not once. No, you're yeah, you're, I think that's the theme of the day, right? Yes. You're, you're thinking the whole time. Yeah. So, uh, gosh, I'm out of breath just from like describing <laughs> this. We need to skip right past the Redan, which I think to this date is one of the best Redans I've seen um, and and played. Just for, and I I know your next question is going to be what makes it the best. I don't really know other than like the playability of it. It it just the way it receives irons and how you release them from the front of that green to the back pins. We had a good pin that day too. I mm-hmm. it was kind of the the like textbook, you know, feed it off the slope. It's mm-hmm. gonna you know if you hit the right shot it. All the right shots are going to funnel to this this spot, kind of a pin, right. which is always fun. Um, and I then, think I was on the wrong side of the slope, which was always <laughs> which is always really fun on a hole like that when you're chipping straight down the hill. Um, and then the ninth and eighth, I man, I played like shit. The more I think, I think I, repressed, <laughs> I think I repressed a lot of the trip. <laughs> ninth and eighth share a fairway with some like kind of bunkers down the middle of it. Uh, one's uh, nine's a par four, 18's a par five, I believe. Um, and yeah, it's just gosh, it was. Uh, 17. Gosh, I almost get past 17. Oh. 350 little par yeah. four. That again, it's kind of the, the only tiny green, right? Like the it's pretty big still. It? Yeah, it's big. It's that's me- what I meant. Me- <laughs> <laughs> Mega deep bunker on the left, uh, and it, it is, is. Yeah, it's just a gosh. It felt a lot really small. Hole. I think because we had like a we have a back left pin or something. I think so. And it was yeah. Felt like there was nowhere to hit it, which is kind of you know illustrating of of uh what we're talking about here where it's like you have this massive green but it's a short par four and you're thinking like oh i have to make birdie and so that's the lasting memory i have is like god there's nowhere to hit it on that green it's like looking at the picture now i'm like no i could have hit it anywhere, anywhere. <laughs> i'm just trying to hit it close so yeah there's nowhere to hit it close but you could you I hit I a really had, good shot i hit driver there but that would not be the play every yeah. day it was a back pin. so you could hit like a little 40 yard pitch to a back pin but i wouldn't have wanted a 40 yard pitch to a front pin no on that not. green um and so that that hole really stuck out to me. So again, like that in that little stretch of holes we talked about, there is the Redan template in there and the short template, I guess. But it there's that's not what makes that stretch special. Of like, oh, the the Rainer blah blah circle jerk going on. That's not what makes. It's just like you play that stretch and it's like that is fucking golf. Yeah, that's and, golf. And we mentioned it. And again, I'm, I'm lifting from Andy's Andy's article, which you should go read because I'm looking at all the photos right now and they're exceptional if you want the place to kind of come to life he's got a, a bunch of photos of each hole but uh I, I think that's what you know he he mentions on the templates is like all those holes that you just mentioned like what plays into all of those is is this massive ravine right where you're you're playing over it you're playing next to it you're playing through it you're playing you know all these different things is and whereas yeah. the templates are much more like okay here's the flat part like let's do something a little more a little different, a little crazy. Let's we don't have a lot to work with on these par threes, so let's make some template greens. Yeah, I, but to me, like the ravine isn't what makes it like special. Like it is a unique land feature, but it's it's just the it's the it's honestly the greens, the greens and the shape and like how you have to play all of those holes backwards. Yeah. It's a cool added feature of like the ravine adds an interesting element, an interesting eye level change to you. But it's it's the thrill of like trying to figure out how to come into these greens. That really is what sticks out to me the most. Yeah. So, um, I think I, I, have, I saw an old picture of the thirteenth hole, like from the tee, and it looks—I don't know if when they restored it or what they did—but it looks like they thinned some of that stuff out. It, it used to look incredibly intimidating from there, like overhanging trees. The br- the ravine brush was like way longer than it was when we played it. I don't know if they cut that. Or, I don't know. I don't know how that looked, but. That tee shot looked a lot different than when we when we played it, but 
Um, what, uh, let's, let's move on to kind of our, our last, uh, question here, which is your, your lasting memory. What's when someone says shore acres, what, what sticks in your mind or what I, honestly first like, thing that comes to mind? The thud, <laughs> like the thud, like balls rolling on those greens and like trying to get to some of those pins without having experienced that really, um, stateside and in Chicago, especially, I just, I remember that being such a fun exercise. And again, I'm, I, part of me wonders how much of this was driven by playing actually well on this day, but I think playing well lets you see the golf course in its, in its proper way, if Mm -hmm. you will. And that if you're struggling with your swing, you can't really, you don't get to experience like how the ball, how you're predicting the ball to roll out. You know, you're just trying to like find the club face, which you can miss out on some of the golf course. So I feel like I got the golf course and what they were trying to test me on, which is just what, I don't know. I just remember walking off that, that everybody values different things in golf. Some people truly just want to look at pretty things while they play and shoot a high score. Like they, they you know, that that's what the value they get out of golf. I get it out of somebody putting a challenge in front of me and being able to execute on it. Mm-hmm. So like maybe do I put too much emphasis on how well I play? Yeah, but it's not about the score. It's about like the thrill of pulling off some of these shots. Like I still remember the pitch I hit into 17, like the, to that back left pin. I think I had 47 yards and I think I still remember. <laughs> I'm serious because like I pulled that off and I, I watched the ball roll out and I think I missed the putt. But like I, I just remember being like, wow, I, I, I worked backwards on how I wanted to get to this pin and it actually worked out. And that, that feeling just like sticks with you through lunch and through the rest of the day and for two and a half years afterwards. That's well said. I think I, I uh, as far as my lasting memory, I, I think it's the same ethos of what you're saying. I think I got there in a very different way, which was I hit it in all the worst spots. <laughs> and it was like so, uh, it was so uh, illustrative of like, okay, this is, this is why you can't do that. And this is why, this is where the defense of this golf course is. And this is what makes it so cool is, Every other golf course you've played, mostly in your life, with a few exceptions, up to this point is yeah, just kind of hit it up there around the green somewhere, and mm-hmm. you, and you'll be fine. You you know you got a pretty decent short game. You'll probably get it up and down, you know, half the time, whatever. And uh, yeah, that wasn't the case there. It was just like yeah, well, okay, cool. First six holes or so, we're just gonna fire at these flags. All right, cool. We're eight over through six. Uh, <laughs> now what? And so after that, it was just kind of learning. You know, the taking like humble pie all day and just being like okay let's slow the pace down here let's keep it below the hole let's just we just need to hit the green man i know it's a 350 yard par four we just need to hit the green in two that's it just focus on like just focus on like it puts you into defense mode so fast because you just get slapped in the face immediately and then all of a sudden you're like okay how how do we how do we come back from this now and i think to your point you you obviously are a better player than i am so you 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 can handle the learning curve a lot quicker, I think. And for, you know, to represent a more average player, uh, I think that's what made it so cool to me was like the challenge up to this point, the challenge of every course I'd ever played in my life, again, with maybe a a fraction of exceptions was, oh yeah, it's really hard. It's really long. And the the rough's really long. Yeah. And this was not the case. It's not that long of a golf course. And it's just, it's it's all contour. So I, I, that was, what will stick with me. And that is basically what has made the, you know, the last three years of my golfing life, probably the best three years of my golfing life is knowing what to look for in that regard and seeking out those kinds of golf courses. I'm like, dude, that's, that's what I'm looking for right there is I I don't want to, you know, I don't want to play something that's 7,500 yards. That's just not fun to me at all. Right. So I think I was, uh, 
you, you accused me of having low handicap privilege about TBC Sawgrass. <laughs> yeah. Which like I hadn't really thought of from that perspective, but that, that applies. Whether or not I agree or disagree there is a different topic, but that applies there. Also irrelevant. What I'm saying. <laughs> that's kind of the whole point. What I'm saying about, and what we're both saying, I think, about Shore Acres is low handicap privilege doesn't really apply. No, exactly. It's the opposite. It's exactly. like what makes golf fun for a mass amount of people, I think, is wide fairways, being able to find your golf ball and big greens. Like, wouldn't you love to hit, if you're a 10 handicap and you end up hitting like 11 greens, wouldn't you feel pretty good about that? <laughs> right. You're probably going to have some three putts on these greens because you're probably going to be in the wrong spots. But like that is, how much more fun is that than, you know, taking drops out of water hazards, yeah. losing balls in high rough and things like that. And that that is why the, the, I, I can definitely tell while I'm playing a golf course uh, things stick out to me that a 18 handicap would hate. Like I, I see certain shots and there's, there's some holes out there that are like, this is a tough carry for, for mm -hmm. a lot of golfers. Uh, but that does go into my experience. Even if I don't have to face that challenge, like I'm not worried about this force carry. Like I will look at it and be like, you know what? Like, would I want to take, you know, uh, my dad to this, this shot? And the answer is no, that, like that's too difficult. Um, and that goes into like how I even how I experience a golf course. I don't know if that sounds super super arrogant. No, no, no. I think, okay. no. I think that makes sense. And I, I I will give them a bit of a pass on you know I think if this exact uh, if this exact golf course as it exists right now was instead of being Shore Acres Country Club or golf club whatever it is if it was uh, Lake Bluff Municipal Golf Course I think you know, that stuff would matter a little bit more, but it's a private golf course. Yeah. And like, if you're, if you don't like how it's set up as a member, like you don't have to be a member there. So mm -hmm. I, I do think private courses can get away a little bit more with, they can push the envelope on that stuff a little bit more, but um, I agree box step with everything, everything you're saying. My big takeaway from, from Shore Acres is how important it is to have big ass greens. Yeah. Big ass greens and how much variance that applies day to day. And one template we didn't talk about is the seventh hole, the double plateau. Mm -hmm which is uh, a green complex that has like a lower portion and then two separate raised portions, which for me is like, that's, that's so cool because it is going to dictate your strategy off the tee. If you get one of the two hard pins up on one of the plateaus, you're going to know, like if you're on like a left plateau, you're probably going to want to play your tee shot to the right. If you're on the back plateau, um, it, it, you might want to be, you might be avoiding a center line bunker or all kinds of different ways. And then one of the days of the week, several days of the week, you're going to be in easy pin position on the front, right? Which might mean you get a harder one on the Renant. Like it just gives you this variance. And I'm surprised that that template is not copied more on golf courses that aren't trying to be template courses, you know, right. like course, like you can, it doesn't have to be an extreme double plateau. It doesn't have to be very clearly squared off greens, but that concept of, it's kind of like the 15th hole at Jack's Beach. Yeah. But oh, totally. Executions maybe a little bit different, but like <laughs> yeah. that spirit can be implemented in so many different places. Yeah. Uh, and if you have big green complexes, I just, I think like a, a trip to Shore Acres to see those contours on those greens is like a must for anyone that. I think that's the, well, that, that was kind of what we said. And maybe we can wrap it at this, but, uh, you know, why is it important to, why do people need to hear about Solly and DJ go play private golf? Like, First of all, you don't need to, but if you, you clicked it, if you want you're to 33 minutes in, <laughs> if you want to, what we're kind of saying is like the, the, like, what can you take away from this? Like, what can you learn from it and what can you apply elsewhere? And I think what you just said about like the, the double plateau is perfect where it's like, man, if, if just more people understood why it's important to 
start from the green and work your way back and why the pin placement should matter like that unlocks that's everything right like that that unlocks so much more for every golf every, that applies to every golf course in the country you know like okay if i put the pin here how does that change what's optimal for people's approach shots mm-hmm. and i don't know I, I know a lot of people get that but there's a lot more that don't. So. If, I, if I'm comparing and contrasting to Tim Aquana here in Jacksonville, where I play uh, uh, quite a, quite often, there's only a few holes out there that that dictate where the, the pin dictates how I should play it. Yeah, it's like the short fours, basically, right? Basically, it, like number ten is a is a par four that like I won't get in the details, but what they're not afforded there, the greens are not as big. Yeah, and you're just the, yeah. it doesn't vary how much that which it's not a knock on it i'm just saying like the the compare and contrast style of what big greens gets you is like true variability in how you would play a golf hole um and it's just it's something that you know over time almost all courses their greens end up shrinking 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 and then somebody comes in hopefully and restores them back to original shape and that's where i just assume that doka absolutely crushed this because they just look again just looking at the pictures of these greens i'm like i want to go play that golf course again very very badly. If I can make one pitch to uh, anybody listening, um, most of which I- I'm sure you should play Shore Acres. <laughs> well, a you should play there. No, they they should have an LPGA event. Oh God, yeah, gotta be so cool. I'm sure that like if I was a member there, I wouldn't want to have an LPGA event, and so I wouldn't blame them if they feel the same way. But uh, that would be so cool. It would show off so much of what we're. we're and talking I think about if here. you watch the U.S. Open at Country Club of Charleston, you're you're getting the spirit of a lot That's, of the things we yeah, talked about here which exactly. is a rainer course of, of course there um it's different I, it's not in the it same ballpark like turned up even more right it is i just i don't think it's in the same ballpark of shore acres just the land is not the same but um it is a brilliant brilliant golf course that i am dying to make it back to so all right let's wrap it at that thank you again for listening to another episode of the crash course podcast cheers mm-hmm.